You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. We are talking about the uncommonness of Jesus Christ. Now, I really need you to listen to this, especially as a young believer, because as you grow, the uncommonness of Jesus Christ will come into question. Now, there are very there are various ways of thinking about this question when we want to talk about the uncommonness of Jesus Christ. We, we can choose to think of it in the sense of his uniqueness. And in this uniqueness, we can think about what happened before he was born, what happened during his lifetime and what happened after he was raised from the dead we can also choose to look at it from the point of view of what we call the world views the world views where the world views will be how we try to um communicate who christ is according to religious perspective so from the christian perspective from the from the secular perspective from the perspective of catholicism or eastern european um, orthodox christianity so there are various world views and we can choose to try to understand the uncommonness of jesus through world views but what i will try and do is because of the time that we have i'm just going to concentrate on who he is what he is and how who he is and what he is is different from every other being so please bear with me as we go through we are going to go through scriptures i'll try and keep the scriptures very minimal so that we can have a flow let's start our reading from the book of matthew the book of matthew matthew chapter 16 verse 13 matthew chapter 16 verse 13 in matthew chapter 16 verse 13 jesus has come to caesarea philippi and he 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 asks a question of his disciples so yes he says that now when jesus went into the region of caesarea philippa he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is now i want you to take notice of this description the son of man jesus is asking his disciple who are who are they saying the son of man is now we know the answer in verse number 16 we know what peter says in verse number 16. so the question begs that in understanding the altar of christ flesh and blood can never never understand the uncommon nature of christ 
add verse 17 and let's see what Jesus himself said after Peter gives his answer. He says that flesh and blood did not reveal it unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, I also want you to take notice of my Father, my Father. So, flesh and blood cannot understand Jesus. Because what Jesus is, okay, so let me start with the reason why flesh and blood cannot understand Jesus. In the attempt to disprove who Jesus is, you will realize that we have come across various definitions or various interpretations or various historical facts of who Jesus is. One of the most common ones that you are going to hear is that in terms of the historicity and also from um, from the perspective, some uh, religious perspective, they are going to claim that Jesus is a good man, that Jesus was a carpenter, that Jesus was a prophet, that Jesus was a messenger of God. However, he was man born of a woman who lived and died in India. So you are going to hear all these things because you see the story of Jesus is a strange story. How do we say it so? From the account of Luke, we are told of how a virgin conceived. And when the angel of the Lord visits Mary and he is communicating to Mary that you are going to get pregnant and you're going to give birth to a son. The question that Mary is asking the angel is that, how is this this going to be possible? Because literally, (laughs) I'm a virgin. And he says, well, God is going to do his own thing. God is going to do his own thing. So what it means is that is said that when you start reading from verse 34, that is Luke chapter 2 verse 34, you are going to see that Mary is going to ask Gabriel, how is this going to be? seeing that I have not known any man. So you realize that Jesus was born. In fact, according to the book of Isaiah, he was supposed to be born. But his conception in itself was strange. In that it was what, as the angel described, he said that the power of the highest shall overshadow you and also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of god that is luke chapter 2 sorry luke chapter 1 verse um 34 34 to 30 34 and 35 luke chapter 1 34 and 35 he says that what therefore also the uncommon thing remember we said that whenever we talk about something being holy it means it is uncommon so he says that 
Yes. Then the angel said unto her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud, so that the holy, pure, sinless thing, offspring, which shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. So literally he's saying that the hand of the Lord will come upon you and you are going to conceive an uncommon baby. An uncommon baby. So Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost. He was conceived by the sperm of his father. Jesus was conceived by the sperm of his father not the sperm of joseph now i want you to take notice of this this very very scripture because in the gospel of john it is going to come up it is going to come up because the 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 people in jesus's time they heard a rumor about jesus they heard a rumor about jesus and it's going to come up so remember that it wasn't joseph that gave birth to Jesus but the Holy Spirit that did so this brings us to what we call the hypostatic union of Christ the hypostatic union of Christ the hypostatic union is just a fancy way in theology when you are uh, studying the doctrine of Christ or when you are all when you are studying Christology it is just a, a way a fancy way of saying that jesus christ is fully god and fully man fully god and fully man how do we know this we have read in philippians chapter 2 philippians chapter 2 when you start reading from verse 6 he's going to say that though he was god Though he was God, he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. When you read Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, you are going to realize that he said that who being in the form of, of God taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men so you realize that he was god but he took upon himself the likeness of men when you read colossians he says that who is the image of the invincible god the first one of every creation for by him were all things created now you realize that we in, in the creation story it is only god that has the power for creation and so Jesus being described as the one through him all things are made and for him and through him all things are made he said that whether visible or invisible whether thrones or dominions principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him so you realize that Jesus is fully fully God he is fully fully man this is that decision right that decision of jesus to become man is what we call the incarnation of god the incarnation of god L let me ask this story you have to understand that god as we just talked about last week 
is in a realm that nobody can actually see and interact with the bible says that he dwells according to first timothy chapter one he dwells in light inaccessible he dwells in light inaccessible so if this god dwells in light inaccessible how was god going to relate to his creation man especially man god decided to take on flesh especially after the fall so he made a decision to become man jesus made that decision to become man after he became man he lived as man he lived as man but because he was born of his father he lived as a man without sin he was not born of the seed of adam is born of god according to the epistle of john cannot sin because he is born of god that is what the principle says whosoever is born of god cannot sin he was born of god so his uniqueness is that when he is fully god he is fully man he is god that decided to take on flesh to become man the other thing is that as man he is a man without sin he was not born with our imputed sin he was not born with corruption so his, his uncommonness also most people are likely to gravitate towards his life the things he did whilst he was alive but you have to realize that the things that jesus did were not truly in, in the sense of uncommonness uncommon because in the eyes of the blind somebody did it he cleansed lepers somebody did it so when we are talking about the uniqueness or the uncommonness of christ his miraculous life does not really form part of the of, of the core story but it, it, it also tells us that anybody that lives for God or anybody that allows himself or herself as man to be consecrated because that is what uncommonness leads to. It's literally being consecrated to God, being set apart for God. If you are mad and you allow yourself to be set apart for God, God can use you in that way to live the life that he lived but when we are talking about his uncommonness it stems from his incarnation and his hypostatic union the other one i want to talk about is that his uncommonness is from his resurrection his uncommonness is from his resurrection now I, I don't really want to bore us with a lot of scripture but jesus as god is also made we have very interesting argument for jesus as god in the gospel of john chapter number eight in the gospel of john got the um, chapter number eight and in the gospel of john jesus makes so many wild claims 
Jesus makes so many wild claims. And I want us to look at some of these before we come to his resurrection. Starting from 31. He says that, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then he goes on to say in verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. Then he goes on in verse 38 to say that, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do not and you do what you have heard from your father. Now remember, he's speaking to the Pharisees. And he goes on to tell them that their father is the devil. But then they make a claim that our father is Abraham. That this is what Jesus says. Verse 41. You are doing the works that your father did. He said that we were not born of sexual immorality even God we were not born of sexual immorality now his son Isaac and Ishmael Ishmael is the one that was born of sexual immorality according to their law but then they are also making a reference remember when we we read luke chapter one they are also in my point of view i see that they are taking a swipe at jesus that we've heard the rumors of how you were born <laughs> you we know how you were born we, we heard that your father he he sent your mother away then he went back for her because she was pregnant that he says that but jesus replies and said that if god were your father you would love me for i came from god and i am here i have come not of my own accord but he sent me i we can we can go on and on and on and john's gospel chapter 8 i will i will actually encourage you to read john's gospel chapter 8 when you are free but what you will realize from this discourse is that you see in the in the jewish culture there is something called the agent and the agency it is like what we know as the paraclet the paraclet the paraclet actually means an agent and what it means is that if I am a master and I send my servant, every word that the servant speaks is literally me speaking it. I am the one speaking. My, my servant is just a conduit passing on the message. So if you receive my servant, you have literally received me. If you reject my servant, you have actually rejected me. It is not like as we say that, oh, on one casa embra embekano. 
it is it is that is that is one of their cultural practices so that is why jesus said that if you receive me you have received the father so he is telling them that i am a paraclete and in that sense is how the holy spirit is also to us because the holy spirit is also called the allos paracletos right so we receiving the holy spirit is like receiving jesus christ and the father as they are and this is what he was trying to help them to understand but they rejected him they rejected him they couldn't fathom how you know in one of the days they said that isn't this jesus the son of joseph the carpenter they, they, they couldn't just understand why Jesus could refer to himself as God. But that was exactly who he is, what he is. Why? Because of how he was born. Because of how he was born. And not only that, he also demonstrated the life of the Father. That uncommon life that was with the Father. He came to show us. So in the Gospel of John, he said something like, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So if we are going to embrace this uncommonness or this, this divine nature of God, this holy nature of God, that only God can confer on man, it stands to reason that we have to look to him. We have to look to Jesus. We have to look to Jesus. If you want to see the Father, Jesus is described according to the book of Hebrews as the express image of God. That is when we read Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. He is the express image of God. So now let's talk about his uncommonness coming out of his resurrection now we all understand that jesus as the son of god had to die on calvary to deal with the problem of sin in dealing with the problem of sin the requirement was that pure blood had to be shed blood without sin without skin the blood had to be uncommon and as we have seen throughout scripture since the fall of adam nobody qualified to have a pure blood because as i said early on anybody that is born of the seed of adam has what we call imputed sin but christ being conceived of the holy ghost and born of the virgin mary because he was born of god and as we have said that according to the principle proceeded by the apostle john in his in his letters he said that whoever is born of god cannot sin that is our new nature when we become born again so he's telegraphing the the point that it is only god that has the capacity to bring forth uncommon children 
uncommon sons, uncommon daughters. Anybody else that has a claim of making us uncommon is a liar. That power only comes from God. Now, how did Jesus die? Now, we, when we read the Gospel of John, one of the things that Jesus says is that I go to lay my life down and I will take it back. He said that I'm going to die and I'm going to take it back. I'm going to lay down my life and I'm going to take it back. What was he saying? Any person that had claimed or ever claimed to be a savior, a deliverer, a God, a Messiah, one who has come to show the true way to men, for men to be saved, for men to enter into their true lives. None of them has ever been able to make the claim that I am going to lay down my life, then I'm going to pick it back up. None of them. None of them. None of them. None of them. Muhammad, as great as he was, never said that i am going and i'm going to lay down my life and i'm going to take it back up then after i'm going to come back again gandhi never made that claim that no hindu no god in the hindu or the uh, in the hindu pantheon has ever made that claim none of our traditional gods has ever made that claim that i i come to lay down my life and i come to pick it back up Remember, prior to his death, many people had died and had been raised back to life. Their own is called resuscitation. It means that they died, yes, and they were raised back to their old body. They died and they were raised back to their own body. And they died again in their own corrupt body. But this Jesus that I speak to you about, when he died, he did not he did not come back in his old body. He came back with a new body, an undying body. Have you ever wondered? The Bible says that when the woman came to the tomb and they, they tried to touch him, said, I don't touch me. I have not yet presented myself to the Father. In fact, the Bible says that when they entered the tomb, they saw his cloth folded, folded, laying on the slab. His cloth, the one that they used in burying him, it was folded and it was lying on the slab. Have you ever wondered what cloth he was wearing and who brought it? Hadi Azavada Hashatas. He was uncommon. Why? Because he was fully God and fully man. So when he died, he discarded this flesh, this flesh, and took on another flesh. This flesh is what the Apostle Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 15. It is called the celestial body. He put on a celestial body, an undying body, a body that gave him unique abilities. He could appear and disappear. 
then after he said that i'm going to come back again i'm going to come back again i'm going to come back again what makes jesus uncommon is because he claimed to be god then he's not just god he's also man he is fully man in fact when we read the book of hebrews one of the most beautiful books you can ever read the bible says that we have a high priest that can identify with us he is not insensitive to our pain he is the one who has paid the price to enter into the true sanctuary of god having offered this pay the penalty and offered the sacrifice for sin once and for all he is seated and not only that <laughs> he is so uncommon to the extent that even as as i am speaking to you now the bible says that his blood is speaking better things than the blood of abel His blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Wow. Not only that, the Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Mm-hmm. My God. This Jesus, he's unusual. His life is unusual. You know, one of the beautiful things about Jesus when he lived was that he set such high standards, such high standards that were unfathomable in the days when he was alive. When we read the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, he came and he began to teach the people and he said that, you have heard it said, Especially when we start reading from verse 17. He said that you have heard it said unto you that. Do not commit adultery. But I am telling you that if you look upon somebody. <laughs> and you last after that person. You've already done it. <laughs> then he, he says that you have also heard it said that do not murder. But I'm telling you that if you hate your brother for no reason. You have committed murder. And you are guilty. Such high standards. But despite Jesus setting such high standards in his life, sinners loved to draw close to him. Sinners loved to be very, very close to him. Haven't you read how the the tax collector that we all know as Zacchaeus did everything in his power to become his friend. I'm telling you about how uncommon Jesus is. A man that lives according to such high standards, yet is able to come down to the lowest level to relate to sinners. He's able to come down to their level to the extent that the Pharisees refer to him as friend of sinners and tax collectors. Yeah. 
he is the only man that when a sinner drew close to him he did not get to the level of the sinner but the sinner for some strange reason said that i want to be like you 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 every sinner that drew near to christ strived to be like him to live according to his uncommon standard but we are living in a day where those of us that profess christ we are desperately trying to become friends with the world by living according to their standards jesus ate the food of the sinners but he never came he never brought himself to the level where the sinner could say that ah but you are just like me no sinner could stand before jesus and say that you are just like me they they could identify with him as a man based on his compassion his mercy and his love but the standard of living is what we talked about the other time the jesus standard it was so high it was so high one of his standards is that even if you worry it's a sin against god when you read matthew's gospel chapter 6 and you are reading verse 24 going he says that the birds of the sky they don't they don't think about what to eat so you 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 why are you worried why are you making it look as if god is irresponsible such high standards he is the way so the way to the uncommon life we are talking about embracing the uncommon now we talk about how uncommon god is he is the only unique god he is the immortal that dwells in light inaccessible but this his son jesus who is also fully god fully man he is the only one that has seen the father he's the only one that has seen the father he's the only one that can reveal the father he is unique in his birth he's unique in the sense that he was born without sin he's unique in the sense that he is uncommon in the sense that when he died he picked up his life again not with an ordinary body but with an extraordinary body and this is the promise that he gives us that if you will believe in me and if you will trust in me and if you believe that i came to pay the price to make you uncommon then i am the way and i am the truth and i am that life the uncommon life i am that uncommon life the un- the, the, the the uncommon way i am that uncommon way the uncommon truth i am that uncommon truth in fact when you look at the meaning of the word truth if you have one of those bible translations you realize that one of the definitions of the word truth there is reality he's the reality of the standard perfection is attainable but if you want to come to that level you have to believe in him he's the one that gives us the uncommon life the uncommon mind the uncommon heart how can you love your enemies if you don't have an uncommon heart such as he does 
(laughs) How can you pray for those who want to kill you if you don't have an uncommon heart like he does? How can you be patient and wait on God when, when people are trying to take your life and he says, hold on, if he does not give you that uncommon patience. The Bible says that God is long-suffering. That ability to suffer long, it lies with him in his, in his nature. And as I am talking to you about Jesus and his uncommonness, I want you to understand that he wants us to come into his family. Until you realize that in the Godhead, everything about the Godhead speaks about the uncommon, the sanctified, the things that are not profane, the things that are not exposed, the things that are not sickly, feeble, weak, defective. No. When we talk about this Godhead, Everything that they represent is perfection and true beauty. And this is what this Jesus wants to do for you and I. This Jesus. He knows how to save to the uttermost. Jesus says that if the Son will set you free, you will be free indeed. You see, he knows how to enter into the sea, into the crust of the earth. The Bible says in Second Peter that when he died, he entered into the regions of the dead. He entered into Hades. And there he spoke to the spirit that were kept in prison. He knows how to enter into the depth of the earth. He knows how to enter into Hades. He knows how to enter into the heavenly regions. The Bible says in Colossians, he's the head of all principalities and powers. Every throne, every dominion, they submit to him. He is true God of true God. He is the very God that you and I, the Bible says that in the days after his resurrection, Thomas said that I, I, I will only believe if I see him. Then he appeared and said, Thomas, touch me. He said, my Lord and my God. He is the Lord and the God that you are seeking. The one that you are looking to for healing. He can heal and make you whole. He has proved it in his lifetime. Maybe, Maybe something about your life is dead. And you are looking for someone that can resuscitate it. But he says that I can do better than resuscitation. He said that if you believe in me, you will not see death. When you read the gospel of John chapter 8, he says that if you believe in me, you will not see death. What is it that is dying in your life? If you will embrace the uncommon Jesus. He will make his uncommon life available to you. 
and you will overcome death. You overcome sickness. You overcome every oppression, suppression, harassment, and torment of hell. Because the keys of Hades is in his hands. Hayagadash. You know, the Apostle John said that when I saw him, I fell on my face as if I was dead. I am talking about a Jesus that is not like Buddha, that is not like Gandhi, that is not like the, the, the deities that the New Age people are proposing to us. That he is not like Mohammed, he is not like uh, any of this Hindu pantheon. This God, this Jesus, he wants to make his life available to you. He wants to share his uncommon life with you. That is the reason why he became man. So that he can share his uncommon life with you. You see, as I'm speaking to you and if your desire is that you are living in sin and you are calling yourself a Christian, then it means that I have not done my job well this evening because you have not understood what it means to have the uncommon life of Christ. It is a life without sin. It is a life with no trace of sin. Remember when, when, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he said that Satan has come to vet me, but he found nothing of himself in me. <laughs> Why? Because he was born of God. He was very God of very God. He did not have the trace of corruption in him. Adam, the first, the life of the first Adam did not have a hold on him. But he said, as for you, Peter, dear, <laughs> when he asked, <laughs> he saw a lot of traces of Adam in you. <laughs> so I prayed for you. I prayed for you. But what I am saying is that it is possible for you and I to live in a realm where the trees of Adam, the first Adam will be completely wiped out of us. It is possible to live a life with the evidence. You know, as we are reading John chapter 8, one of the things that he kept saying to the Jews was that you are of your father. And what he meant was that you are of the devil. Because everything that you are doing is speaking of the fact that you are you are lovers of darkness but he's saying that if you will embrace my life the only evidence and proof that you have embraced my life is that you accept my message what is that message this is the good news that god the one that dwells in light inaccessible the one that no man has ever seen decided to be born of man to become fully man to feel what we feel 
to know our weaknesses, to know our struggles, to understand our pain, to understand our confusion. And not only that, to also to pay the price for our sin. So that we will not stand in the judgment of God. So that we can become part of the family of God. The uncommon family. A family of uncommon people. The apostle Peter in understanding this after the resurrection's rise. But you are a peculiar people. A peculiar people. He couldn't come out with uncommon, so he came out with a peculiar people. What we are in the family is a peculiar family, an uncommon family, a family that lives above and beyond sin, a family that lives in light, just as he is in the light. Remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He wants us to live in that light because he says that you are the light of the world. So just as he is the light, he expects us to be the light. But the only way we can be that light, that shines that the darkness cannot overcome, is if we will believe. This evening, I don't know what you are struggling with. This evening, I don't know what your weaknesses are. This evening, I don't know what difficulties you are going through. But I am here to let you know that we have... And, 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 so, okay, I was going to end, but let me end with this. We, the, the, the other, the uncommon thing about Jesus is his name. His name, his name, his name. The name Jesus Christ is so uncommon. <laughs> he said that in my name... <laughs> She will cast out devils. In my name, you will heal the sick. He said that whatsoever you will ask the Father, in my name, in my name, in my name, that name, that name, his name is uncommon. When you mention this name, in the reality of the truth of the name, that is if you are part of the family and you are using the name in the correct position from the correct perspective the the archbishop will say from the throne room perspective (laughs) there is no result you cannot have in this world in my name whatsoever he didn't say if you are good he didn't say whether it is a want or a need. He said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, you will receive it and you will have it in my name. In my name. So the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter number six, that when Peter and John got to the beautiful gate, they looked at the man and said that, such as I have in the name in the name, rise up and walk in the name. This evening, we are going to spend some few minutes praying in that name, in this uncommon name. 
this name has got the ability to break every chain, to change every situation, to turn your life around. This name has got that ability to cause darkness to disappear and cause light to stand strong and bright. This name has got that ability to rearrange your life, to reclaim that which was lost, to bring restoration and restitution. This name has got the ability to deliver, to save, to heal, to make whole, to make well, to make alive. This name. The Bible said that at the mention of the name, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. They will acknowledge that name because that name is uncommon. Wherever you are this evening, I want you to begin to release that name. Begin to pray and release this uncommon name. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.